You are now listening to the Washington football team declassified podcast with L.E. And Eric. And you are going to love it. Stay tuned. Washington football team declassified is presented by Grafted App, a soon to launch app connecting consumers to Christian owned businesses. You can visit them at graftedapp.com for more information or to apply for your listing. Everybody out there listening to the Washington football team declassified podcast, take a moment, go subscribe, run our numbers up. Things are looking great, but we want to keep getting better. Eric, the draft just happened. It's now in the books. Ron Rivera's second draft. The first draft without Kyle Smith. Um, how'd you think it went? It's hard. Yeah, I'm cool with it. It's hard to say. I don't like draft grades because it just happened and nobody really knows anything. And we just try to talk like we do. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say that I trust our coaches. I see what they were going for. And I think they did a good job of getting what they were going for. I like draft grades and I, I love giving them. So I'm going to give this one an overall a B. Uh, was there any picks that really stood out to you to make you say, huh? Well, of course, the long snapper Cheeseman, you can't, it's weird that, you know, you draft, you, you draft a lot, you trade up for a long snapper, but they don't have a long snapper. And it's one of those things that if he's the long snapper for the next 10, 15 years, nobody's going to blink an eye about where he was picked. So I'm not super worried about it. as long as he's not terrible. If he's awful, then, you know, we'll be like, you really traded up and gave up a fifth round pick to go up and get this dude. <laughs> but if he's any good, if he, you know, if we never have to call his name for anything uh, and he's anything close to what Sunberg was then good, good on him. Yeah. I'm fine with the pick. All right. Two picks to me really kind of not bothered me, but I, I have some questions and maybe I just need to go back and do some more uh, review of what these players are, but the offensive tackle from Texas in the second round, Samuel Cosme, I really wanted them to try to address the quarterback of the future there, or at least a potential quarterback of the future. Maybe they didn't like the guys. That's fine. The The Cosme kid had some, some questions about his motor. Every draft profile I read said he's not going to give you everything he has every play. That's a concern for me for an offensive tackle. And then this was back-to-back. -back. And then in the round three pick, the cornerback from Minnesota was a complete head-scratcher to me. Again, he might turn out to be fantastic. Every highlight, I watched his highlight because that's all that's available. I watched his highlight film, and every single time the receiver was catching on him, he was just tackling him after he caught it. I said, maybe this is a special teams pick like Kaliki Hudson was last year. I don't know. But Benjamin St. Just, I think it is. Um, I, I had some questions about that pick. Okay. Uh, first of all, we're not going to pretend like you didn't call him a Cosme kid. That's the first thing <laughs> because you did. And I heard it and everybody listening heard it and that's okay. That should be his nickname uh, in the NFL. He should be the Cosmic kid, Theo or something, Rudy. Um, yeah, he's, I don't know enough about him. I really didn't think he would, he would be a second round pick. I didn't really look too much at him. I thought he was from what I was reading. He was like late second, early third, yeah. but if he's the guy they like, um, you know, go get him. It's fine. You know, they had a pick where they had a pick and yeah, you know, as far as the quarterback position goes, I don't know that the second round was the place they were. It's way too high for a Kellen Mond. It's way too high for a Kyle Trask. So I, I'm fine with them not reaching and trying to go grab one of those guys. And they were gone by the time they, the third round came around. So whatever. Uh, I wasn't super high on any of them anyway. was intrigued by Trask. He seems like he could be like a decent system score, system quarterback, but whatever. He was he was gone. Um, yeah, the St. Just kid. Um, interesting. He's. 
don't know if you read like his, his athletic scores, like how he he's like a really weird athlete. Like he's not fast yeah. and he's not super explosive, but he can like turn on a dime. Yeah. He's like a, uh, he's like a Volkswagen rabbit. Like he's, you know, just, he can just switch directions in, in a heartbeat. His like three cone score was like in the 98th percentile or something like that of like everyone since 87 from what I was reading. So he's interesting. I, I think maybe he's more of a safety pick, like a guy they're going to convert to a, to a free safety or yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I saw the same highlights you did, and he was giving up a lot of catches, but he wasn't giving up a lot of yards after the catch. That's true. He also strikes me at 6'3", of somebody who could maybe match up with tight ends. Um, you know, they can put him inside, maybe, you know, that big nickel and 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 on, like, clear passing downs and, and maybe cover a tight end with his, with his height. But I don't know. It seems like uh, kind of a reach. There was some weird stuff about, like, a medical retirement that I was reading about for him. And some people were saying, you know, he had to be talked out of it. And other people were saying, no, he transferred because Michigan was trying to make him do it. So I don't know what was going on with that. But Oh, man, you know who that sounds like? Uh-oh. The, the, the safety we got a couple years ago that we want from USC. Uh, oh, Sua? Oh, yeah. That sounds yeah. like a Sua situation. I don't think it's a Sua situation. I really think from what, like, the clearer heads, the people that I trust more that I was reading seemed to think that it was more like he had to leave Michigan because they were going to – he was injured and they were going to take his scholarship and they were trying to make him medically retire so they could get the money back for his scholarship. And he ended up just transferring to Michigan or Minnesota and finishing out there and playing. So I think he wanted to continue playing. He just Michigan didn't want him to continue playing. It's going to be a weird situation. I don't know about that pick. I don't know enough about him. Um, he's Canadian. I don't trust them. Oh, so, we um, love you Canada. <laughs> he's 24 too. That was yeah, he's also 24 years old. Yeah. yeah. Um, real quick. Give me the one pick that you really, really loved. Uh, the one that everyone really, really loved, Diami Brown. Yes, sir. Straight up deep threat. Like he's, yes, the, you know, he's the guy that was kind of missing. So we'll see if he works out in the pros. Um, I think he could be he could be that stretch the field guy that allows Samuel to be the Swiss Swiss Army knife and McLaurin to, to work the inside to work the the middle routes. And to break, you know, he, you know, you can't cover one guy anymore. It's starting to look like kind of what Kansas City has, where there's just speed everywhere. And that's what you want in today's yeah. league. You just want speed everywhere. And Athletes. I think that they really address that with the draft. So Diami Brown is a great pick. I actually, I think we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago um, with the first rounder. Love him. I mean, I think I said earlier, like I said, he'd be the guy out of the four you know, JOK, the four that we talked about, Darisol, whatever. I said, I'd probably draft him because I trust the coaches and I'm not deviating from that. One thing I, I see that we did with the draft was we drafted for potential. We drafted athletic guys and we're going to trust our coaches. The coaches, we're going to develop these guys and what we think they can be. Every one of them was super athletic. So we'll see what happens. That's fair. But what that means is you're going to miss on several of them too, because oh sure, not everyone hits their potential. Uh, but listen, I have confidence in the front office now with Mayhew and Rivera um, and Herney together making these decisions. So I'm all right with it. I give it a B. Uh, we'll see what happens. Mini camps or I guess training camp will start in July and we'll start from there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, we're going to hit on more than we miss on. That's my bold prediction. I hope so. You know, I, like I said, I saw the interview on, I said, I gotta, I gotta talk to this guy. Cause it, you know, it sounds like you you've known him for a little while. Yeah. Uh, so I want, I definitely want to get your opinion on it. Let me, let me introduce you. Um, so for all of our Washington football team declassified listeners, we are pleasured to have Frank Sokowski and AKA the big guy in the building with <laughs> us, Frank, once again, how are you? 
I'm doing well, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And Frank is uh, a, a, a icon of the uh, media industry. I think he was 2021 Sportscaster of the Year. Is that correct? Yeah, that was the, that, you know, it's I've been in the business for for about 25 years. And of course, I, I get the Georgia Sportscaster of the Year during a pandemic. So go figure. <laughs> I, you know, so I mean, when I when I feel like I've done the least amount of work of my career, I, I, I get the award, but I, I'll take it nevertheless. But yeah, been in it uh, for, for a good while and, and pretty much, you know, just worked in the state of Georgia. Uh, I went to college at Georgia Southern, so I've always wanted to, uh, you know, be a, a bigger fish in a, in a smaller pond. So uh, I've hopped around some places in Georgia and here I am. Absolutely. It's certainly our pleasure. And congratulations to you on being named the Sportscaster of the Year. That's a huge deal. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. So I was checking out Frank's video or his interview with, of course, the Washington football team's first round draft pick, Jamin Davis. And I, I it made me immediately want to bring him on to help our listeners and the fans of the Washington football team get to know him a little bit better. So let's start there. Uh, Frank, can you give us a sense of who he is um, since you have a history with Jamin? Yeah, I've known Jamin since he was in middle school and actually, you know, I can remember going back where you start hearing those whispers with, you know, there's a young man coming up, Jamin Davis. He's going to be the real deal. You know, he's going to be uh, really strong. He's going to be good. And just a little bit of background about Jamin. Jamin comes from a hotbed for, for sports talent. Uh, there's no other way of putting it. Uh, while he played at Long County and, and to kind of paint the picture of what that place is like, there's one traffic light in the town. <laughs> there's a convenience store. There's a Dairy Queen. And, and that's about it. There's not much in Ludowissi, Georgia. So get wow. used to saying Ludowissi. Ludowissi. So, <laughs> Ludowissi. At, that's Long County where, you know, high school football is king, just like everywhere else in South Georgia. So, uh, but he spent a lot of his time in Hinesville uh, and actually played recreation and club ball. Uh, with Richard LeCount, who went to Cleveland, Georgia cornerback. Uh, another name I'm going to drop, and, and this is what's going to be really cool about it all, Davion Mitchell, who played who plays basketball at Baylor, going to be a first-round draft pick in the NBA draft. Yeah, Jamin used to run with him as well. Uh, so uh, we're talking about we're going to have two first-round draft picks from that Long County, Liberty County area. Uh, who, who grew up playing against each, each other. Uh, one of the other guys who was a couple years older than these guys, uh, Raquan McMillan, linebacker in the NFL, former Dolphin, uh, now you know went to the Raiders. Uh, so there's a lot of athletic talent. And uh, when, when you're being raised there, uh, you, you get good in a hurry. And, and we go ahead and we go ahead and separate yourself. So this young man has been around big-time players for a while. Uh, you know, and he's humble. He's a family guy. Um, he's not flashy. He's go to work. He's blue collar. And, and again, he's loyal and he's committed. Uh, you know, he's invited to the draft this year, but he said he didn't want to go to the draft. He wanted to be at home with his family. Yeah. And so in the living room for draft night was his immediate family, his sister, his brother. He's got a younger brother who plays football at Mount Union. So, uh, you know, went from South Georgia up to a Division Three power at Mount Union uh, and his parents and a couple of us local media. And, and that was it. 
you know, and it was really just a chill evening. And, you know, uh, it was a really cool night because I had talked with him the day before and sat down and, you know, his agent and, and all indications was he was expected to go uh, anywhere from 17 to possibly early second round. So, you know, for him to fall in where he did at number 19, that was earlier than, you know, but it was still within that window. So, uh, but anything else, what you saw, his reaction, it was pure. He broke down. I mean, it was a dream come true. Yeah. When he got that call from, uh, you know, Ron Rivera, it was real. It was chill bumps. It was a dream come true. And, uh, you know, and, and Jamin had told me days prior that, you know, Washington was one of those teams that had been talking to him and he had a good sense of, uh, a good vibe with. Uh, you know, he, he said he was getting a good vibe from Denver as well. Uh, but, you know, he said a lot of it was going to be what happened in those first four to seven picks. Mm -hmm. And as we saw, things got a little interesting there early did. in the first round. But <laughs> yeah. it worked out in Jamin's favor for sure. Absolutely. And, and you, you know, you touched on it, but like one of the things that came across to me watching the interview that you did with them, he wasn't searching for words. He wasn't nope. being practiced. It was 100% real, authentic Jamin Davis. And that, that's really refreshing. And I'll say this. He seems like a Ron Rivera guy to the T. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, that, that, you know, that was one of those things that really wasn't hit on a lot. Let's be honest. He comes from a military family, was yeah. born in Hawaii. Hinesville, this area where he was raised, is, is home to Fort Stewart. It's a very military, very disciplined area. Uh, and so everything is yes, sir, no, ma'am. He's got the manners, and nothing is forced, nothing is fake. He is who he is. And, I, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to share some stuff, you know, online in, in the coming days, too. Some of the interviews from his junior year of high school and his senior year of high school where everything that he's achieved, he's been so thankful, appreciative, and humble about. Uh, you know, Kentucky, the reason why he went to the University of Kentucky was that was the first major college football program to offer him a scholarship. Mm. And he felt loyal to him. And he went to Kentucky to play. Uh, you know, he, he's true to his roots. He's loyal. And so I think what you're getting now is you're getting a, a Washington football player. He's all in, and, and you're going to get that. And once he goes, when he says it, it's, it's time to go to work, he means that. It's time to go to work. And I think, and again, I've known him for a long time with his work ethic, his motor. Yes, he only started one year at the University of Kentucky, but this guy has an unlimited ceiling. He hasn't even played his best football yet. Yeah. He's a first-round draft pick. Right. That's amazing. That's yeah, it's really yeah. exciting to just get an idea of, of you know, what he's all about. I just had a question. How many, uh, how many local high school superstars down there were big NASCAR fans? That was the, <laughs> I was pretty surprised when I, that was like the first thing I read from him is he I can't wait to meet Jimmy Johnson. You know, he, he's one of those guys. He, um, he, he likes to fish, uh, you know, and, and it, it's South Georgia. It, it's what happens here. But I, I was, I was, I loved Jimmy Johnson's response. I thought that was really cool. You know, got to get you to a race. And, and Jamin's going to take him up on it. Don't oh, yeah. don't think that he won't, um, you know, because here in the South, let's be honest, you know, NASCAR, those guys are rock stars, yeah. you know, to, to athletes. And 
but it was interesting because you don't see South Georgia football player who's a you know major college guy, you know, be such a fan of NASCAR. But it's one of those things that makes Jamin so interesting. He likes to fish. He likes NASCAR. He'd rather be at home with the parents. I mean, I, I've asked him the, the day before the draft. I'm like, what are you going to do if, if you're taking the first round? What are you going to do with your contract? What are you going to do with your money? He's like, I don't need anything. You know, he's like, if I get to the NFL, I got everything I need. My dream will have come true. And I'm like, you got to get something. He's like, okay, maybe I'll get a car. <laughs> I mean, just, he's very yeah. practical. He, yeah. He's going to approach it business-like because that's how he is. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to buy all this and this and that. He just said, he, he at first he was, I don't know. I don't need anything, you know? And so that's really refreshing. Uh, the other thing I really loved in our conversation, uh, you know, leading up to the draft was one of the things that he's most looking forward to is giving back. There's already talk about a foundation and being able to come back and, and do camps for the kids in his hometown and, and the surrounding areas. This guy gets it. Yeah. He knows now what it means to be a professional athlete. And, you know, that's for, for someone who's covered him for so long to watch him grow up. Yes, the success on the field is, is awesome and, and it's amazing to see, but seeing what kind of person he is, that's the most amazing thing that this guy has never wavered and he's always looking, uh, you know, to, to, to share the success and, and to give back. That's what's really awesome. So I know he's going to dive in uh, to that D.C. culture and that community. And, and you guys, again, I, I mean, I'm, I know I'm a little biased. Uh, I think you nailed it with this first round pick. That is great to hear. Um, you talked about his humility, but that doesn't get in the way of being a leader, right? When it comes yeah. to leading yeah. men, right? Is that fair? Yeah, that is very fair. I mean, he's one of those guys who leads by example. Yeah. He will get fired up. He he is going to, he's one of those guys that one of the coaches uh, I've talked to about him explained, he's a bell cow, okay? He's the cow that you put the bell on and all the other cows are going to follow. You want those type guys. You want to be a bell cow. Jamin Davis is a bell cow. Uh, you know, he's going to lead those cows to wherever they need to go. Uh, and, and you got to have those guys. And, and again, I, I think he, you know, he's a, he's a, a player that coaches are going to love because he's going to work until he gets it right. Uh, you know, and, and again, I think his upbringing uh, how close he is with his family. We, were, we, we got a good one. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go out and get a linebacker, you definitely want somebody who play for Stoops. I mean, let's be honest. You're, you're getting somebody who's got to be excited with what Jamin is going to be able to accomplish there in D.C. Yeah, Rivera, Del Rio, both longtime yeah. NFL linebackers, great guys to learn from. And that defensive line he's going to be playing behind should keep him nice and clean. I think he can make a lot of plays. Do you, I, I don't know if this is a fair question, but if you could compare him to an existing or somebody in the NFL that you've seen or is, or is in Ooh. the NFL now, like what, what would you think that he would, who, whose game do you think he most, um, I saw some really favorable ones that are a little bit lofty and I don't want to put that on him. So I'm just curious who, who you might think that he could, that he could be, or who he would, his game kind of resembles. Oh, goodness gracious. You know, it's so hard because what Jamin is able to do is, and I think Rivera said this in one of his press conferences, Jamin can play all the linebacking positions. That's huge. Uh, he's long, which he's fast. He's strong. 
if he's got to if he's got to plug a hole between the you know the tackles, he's going to do that. He's got to drop and, and pick up a, a tight end. He can do. I don't know who to compare him to. Really, right. I mean, I don't know what the closest is right now. Because so let's just you know, say uh, Lawrence Taylor and Mike Singletary had a uh, genetic offspring, and uh, <laughs> let's go with that. How about that? I'm going to tell you what. If, if if those two got together, yeah, that would be Jamin Davis. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. That's all those. That, that's scary. That's that's scary. <laughs> oh, Think absolutely. About that. Yeah, I took a look at those abs and was like, yeah, that guy, that guy's got to work at it because <laughs> nobody has abs like that 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 doesn't that doesn't work hard. Yeah, he's a grown man and he's been that way. And, you know, I asked him, I was like, cause he told me, he's like, you know, my agent and, and they wanted me to get away for a little while and decompress before the draft. So he went to Hawaii for a couple of days and I was like, so you went to Hawaii. I'm like, what'd you do? He's like, I, I laid out by the beach. And I'm like, did you take your shirt off? And he's like, he's like, have you seen my abs? I'm like, yeah, so I, that was kind of a stupid question. I, I can I borrow them for one trip to the beach because I haven't <laughs> yeah. been taking my shirt off at the beach in, in years. So uh, you know, the guy, he's a you know, one of the first things he did when he got home for the draft was go to his old high school to work out in the gym where he did in high school. So uh, you know, he, he's he's a gym rat as well. He, he's concerned about his physical fitness. He's 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 concerned about being the best athlete he could be. Uh, you know. I, I think he is an NFL linebacker and he, he is a professional football player. I think he was that before the draft. I think he prepared that way. He's lived that way since high school for a reason. And that's, what's gotten him here. Let's be honest. I mean, he's prepared for this moment and he's, he's done the work uh, as if he was in the NFL, you know, six years ago. So you know, I think I think you know the work and what's going to be asked of him at the next level isn't going to be any surprise because he's been doing it anyway. You know, one of the things that also stood out to me in your conversation was you asked him. You said, you know, did you believe that this journey was possible? I'm paraphrasing, and he said yes. Yeah. And I said, yeah. whoa, because <laughs> most of the time it's like, you know, no, I had no idea, but he was yeah. assertive. Yes, I knew this was going to happen. And, and to follow that up, one of the other questions, I was like, are you ready? And he said, yes. Yeah. That's what floored me. It's like, it's not, it wasn't like a timid thing. It wasn't, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge or I have so much to learn or I have. And again, it's not a cockiness. I think it's a confidence in what he's done to prepare himself for this moment. And there is a big difference. He's not arrogant and cocky about his ability yet he knows the amount of work that he's put in to get to this point and he's confident with his ability that that he's comfortable going into it so he's put himself in a situation where he's had to be uh you know uncomfortable on the field to where he can become comfortable uh the thing about Jamin is and, and when you really look at it you know you hear that next man up mentality he waited for his chance uh you know it, it, when he finally got his shot he went out there and he grabbed it. Yep. And he, you know, he's, he said that on a lot of occasions, even phone calls back and forth. He's like, you know, you never know when you're going to get that opportunity. And, and, and they're all cliche. Okay. Play every down as if it's your last, you never know when your number is going to be called. All of that came into play, but it came to fruition for Jamin Davis. Yeah. And he took it and ran with it and look what's happened. You know, that's, that's the thing. And, and that's one of the things that we've stressed to 
uh, the high school kids who watch and who watch that interview was like, guys, listen to him because what he's saying is truth because he has lived it. Uh, so uh, again, you, you never know when your number is going to be called and be ready. And, and he, he, he's done that. So, and now his name has been called and, and he's ready nevertheless, but you know, it's just funny seeing the pictures and the videos from, uh, you know, from Washington, uh, you know, all the social media, seeing him on the jet coming off the plane meeting, and I'm like, God, I remember this kid when he did his first interview with me, you know, you know, years ago. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to watch it happen. I mean, you know, one of the first, one of the things I'll always remember is when he was getting ready to go to the university of Kentucky, I'm like, Jamin, what do you want to accomplish at Kentucky? He didn't say anything about football. He says, I want to maintain a 4.0 grade point average. Nice. That's what he said. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, so that's the kind of guy you're getting. He's paying attention to the details. He's he, he's doing what is important and what he has to do. So that's what you that's what you're getting with the guy. Absolutely. I want to get your thoughts on on one more answer or response he gave to you. Yeah. He was pretty adamant uh, for several questions that you had asked him that he never changed anything about himself along the way. What do you think he meant by that? I, again, I think that goes back to preparing himself, his work ethic, the, the person he is, uh, the, the being, you know, being coachable. Uh, he, he also touched on, you know, he's, he's been a sponge. Uh, he soaks it all in. Uh, he never stops learning. The scary thing is he, he never stopped getting better either. Yeah. So that's where I'm saying there's so much upswing. The guy hasn't changed from you know recreation ball through high school school through college and now he's going to the nfl so if he's had success at all those levels you would think it's got to continue because he's not changing he's doing the same things that has brought him success at every level uh and so he's going to do that same thing uh you know and i think that's what he meant by you know he hasn't changed he is the same guy uh you know the draft is, is a, is a, is a unique time. I mean, this was, you know, this was his moment and yet he was still cool enough to return texts to, to invite you to the house for, for yeah. the draft. He, he's, he's true to his roots. He, he spent time with his friends. He's congrats, you know, answered the, the different, uh, you know, social media posts. He's active on that. Uh, again, he, he's, he's what you want now out of a professional athlete. He's going to be engaging. He's going to represent your franchise. Uh, and he's going to be uh, someone you can be excited about. So, you know, it, it's already amazing. Uh, I already said, Hey dude, I need a Jersey. Once you get settled, he's like, <laughs> let me get my number first. And so now we know it's 52. So now I got to get that Jersey because it's got a, I got a spot on the wall of fame for it. So uh, you guys are, are, are so lucky to be getting Jamin Davis. And I hope, that, that everybody there and all the Redskin fans, or I, sorry about that, Steve, we're still in the <laughs> South, all the Washington football team fans really get to know the Jamin that, that, that we all know and love down here in South Georgia. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. He's, I love the quote that he had about, you can't have a million dollar dream with a 10 cent work ethic. I don't know if he came up with, it, with that himself, but that's a fantastic quote. And if he lives by that mantra, I don't see how he can fail. That's what he, that's what he lives by. And when he said that, I got chills because, you know, uh, working in the media, you're always looking for those sound bites. When he gave me that, I'm like, well, this is going in the archive and will be used when, you know, he he's, he becomes an all pro or wins the Super Bowl or, or something along those lines, because, you know, he said it 
and a lot of things that he said over the years have come to fruition. Let's let's see how how it goes now at the next level. Absolutely, Frank. We appreciate you so much in your time. And uh, listen, when when Jamin wins defensive MVP, we're going to hit you back up so we can all celebrate together. All right. Oh, I'll be ready for it. You know what? And, and I look forward to getting up for a, for a game as well, because one of the things I, I've always done is I tell these guys, hey, when you get there, I'm coming. So uh, I, I have a growing list of, uh, for, of <laughs> NFL teams I got to go visit here in the coming years, because uh, these young men who I've covered. Uh, they're starting to go at rapid fire into oh, yeah. the NFL. So uh, it, it, it's a good problem to have. It's it, it's fun to watch these guys, uh, you know, reach for their dreams and then achieve them. So we're excited for Jamin. We're excited for the community there in Washington to uh, welcome him with open arms. And we will do that. Thank you so much, Frank. All right, guys. Appreciate y'all. That's it. Let's start here. Um, obviously, the guy is just off the charts athletically. Um, and it seems like... He is going to slot in potentially at middle linebacker for us. Um, can you talk a little bit about Jamin, just in terms of like his athleticism on the football field? Yeah, he's, you know, you can tell by his measurables, his pro day, um, he's got elite athleticism. I mean, his physical traits are rare, unique. He's gifted. But on top of it, he translates it to actually playing the game that way. He plays um, with, with great speed in space. Um, he's got great length. He takes up a lot of coverage lanes and windows for quarterbacks. Um, you know, he could tackle the ball to the ground really well in the box uh, versus a run or out on the perimeter versus like a fly sweep or a, uh, a perimeter pass play. So he's a good tackler, great knockback tackler, um, and, and just finds a way to get to the football a lot. I mean, this year, you don't watch many, many clips of ours and not see him somewhere near the football by the end of the play. And so, um, but elite physical tools, I mean, the guy can run, he can jump, he's got length. He's still got room to grow maybe from a size standpoint. He could even get a little bigger. I mean, he's came here to college. and was 196 pounds. He's about 234, 235 right now. Um, he could carry another eight to 10 pounds and, and that'd be easy. So I think, He's still like I still think he's got room to grow and develop. I don't think he's anywhere near being done um, from a physical standpoint or a mental standpoint. But the physical stuff, it's really good. I think he, I think he's still going to get better. And this was his first year starting full time. Did you see a lot of growth in him in the offseason leading up to this season? Yeah, you know, so the spring of 2019, he was the most improved player on defense that spring. So we really thought that 2019 season he was going to have a good year. Um, we were, we were pretty deep and inside linebacker that year, uh, and had some guys that had played some snaps and proven some things. And he, um, the summer, right before training camp, late July, he kind of tweaked a hamstring. It wasn't like a season ending type deal or anything like that. It was just a soft tissue, um, injury that kind of put him on the shelf for a little while and, um, didn't have the start to that year that he or any of us had hoped for, for him. And then the last four games that 2019 season, he came kind of back into the mix and had, I think five or six tackles in every one of our last four or five games against Virginia Tech in the bowl game, Louisville, our last regular season game, Vanderbilt, UT Martin and FCS game. He, he kind of at the end of that year, he came back into the picture of like, okay, this is what we're expecting. And then 
Um, coming into the 20 season, we were in a situation where we had three starters really for two spots. Jamie was one of those three guys, along with our current Will linebacker, DeAndre Square, and a young, another young man who ended up having a stroke named Chris Oates. Um, those three guys were our three starters for two spots. And it was kind of going to be those three guys splitting the reps. Um, I think Chris's um, situation helped maybe even light a bigger fire, you know, with a greater sense of urgency under Jamin. Um, Jamin, Oates, and Square, you know, they were they were like – I tell people all the time, they're like three amigos, man. We go to the Belk Bowl in 2019, and they all get a Belk gift card, and they all come back wearing the same tacky jacket, and they think it's cool. <laughs> like, uh, I, I tell everybody that story because they were very, very close. They supported each other. They cared for each other. And they still do. and. So I think Oates' situation maybe um, made Jamin's sense of urgency even go to a different level. But I think we all, we all knew he had a chance to be a special player. I mean, he, he, he handles his business the right way. He goes about his business the right way. I think where he really took off and took another step was just in his preparation, the way he invested his time to prepare and, and improve his football IQ and his recognition of the game and formation recognition, stuff like that. So I think he really took a, took a big step that way. So was there a moment uh, at any point in the last two seasons when you, when you just looked at Jamin and were like, yeah, this guy's going to make it in the NFL. I mean, obviously you speak to his preparation and how much he improved, you know, gradually, but was there for me, like looking back, it's the, it's watching him cover Kyle Pitts. Uh, last year, then you're like, oh, this guy's a first-round talent for sure. But was there anything that initially, like, jumped out at you? Yeah, you know, so when I first got here a couple of years ago and Jamin was already here, I walked in the meeting room and looked at him, and he had not really been playing at that point. And I'm like, whoa, who's this guy? Like, it's a good-looking dude. And he wasn't one of the marquee names yet. But on the season last year, yeah, I mean, um, I saw him, you know, Elijah Moore, who who's a draft pick from Ole Miss, wide receiver, he got the ball on a fly sweep, uh, and Jamin runs from being playing Mike linebacker to the opposite sideline and tackles him, like, at the line of scrimmage. And so you look at a, a guy that can run like a, a Elijah and, and really move well, and Jamin, stride for stride, go running down, was really impressive. Then, you know, the 85-yard interception return for a touchdown against Tennessee was kind of a, a, a moment where you're like, all right, that was a pretty good play. Like, that was – showed football instinct and awareness to get in the position in the strong hook, relate to the receiver, melt back with the receiver, play the quarterback's intention, catch the ball, and then run 85 yards for a touchdown. Like, there's a lot of things that go into that. And then, yeah, like Kyle Pitts, the third play of our game against Florida. He's the weak hook player. He's got to relate to three vertical. He's got an internal run fit. They give a little run action. Kyle Pitts is lined up on the line at tight end and runs the over route. And Jamin clears his run gap. It's not a run after the action. He flips his hip and runs with Kyle Pitts, who's a pretty special player. And so there's a lot of different plays that stick out in my mind where I'm like, that's it. Yeah, that's a good – that's an NFL guy. <laughs> like, there's there's a lot. Uh, we were fortunate enough this last year to see him make a lot of those kind of plays and, and do a lot of things that, that were impressive. So those are a few of them. Um, Kyle Pitts, I think – Seeing that play, a couple of those plays against him for a lot of people probably made them recognize, okay, this guy's an NFL player. 
Yeah, and when he's coming coming to Washington, he has Ron Rivera, who of course is a legendary linebacker, Jack Del Rio as well. And in college at Kentucky, he had you, who was a great linebacker at Kentucky. Also, um, does he tend to soak in stuff from you know from yourself and other players who kind of experience what he's going to be going through? Yeah, that's a great question. So first and foremost, he loves football. Like I, I never coached him in two years. Once had to say, "Hey, practice harder." Yeah. Like now, I had to tell, like I may have to tell him my like, coaching points here and there, but I never had to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa," or I'm sorry, I never had to say "giddy up." I had to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa," at times. <laughs> like I had to be like, "Hey, man, we don't need to knock our starting running back out on a Tuesday practice in the season." Um, so he, he he's a guy that gives you great effort. Um, he where I think he took a huge step this past year was he'd come in an hour before meetings and start watching tape and taking notes and asking questions this year. Every Thursday, we'd get out of staff meeting and he'd be sitting in my office at 11 o'clock ready to watch film. And our first meeting went to like two. I'm like, all right, man, I, I got to have lunch here for five minutes real quick before we get going for the rest of the day. But he, he loves ball. He, he, he enjoys playing the game. He, he's really improved his football IQ, his football intelligence, and taking a big step forward in that area. And then, you know, I think um, he, he's done well with um, learning from teammates. Like, I, I've told a lot of people through this process, like, we got a kid, DeAndre Square, who's our starting will linebacker, who will be an NFL guy one day, I think. And um, DeAndre actually played more before Jamin did – before this year, he had played a lot more than Jamin. And DeAndre and him um, – they, they, they helped each other this whole year in, you know, making each other better from a football standpoint, a mental standpoint, understanding the game. But he's a student of the game. He'll do, he'll do whatever he gets, whatever somebody asks him to do, he's going to do it. He's going he's gonna to prepare. He's going to invest. Um, he takes pride in his work, and, and he's going to work as hard as he can possibly work to be a great player. I think it's awesome to have, you know, like you said, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. Like, you got two really – great defensive minded guys there that are linebacker guys that can help cultivate um, his skills and help him continue to grow. And I, I believe he's nowhere near being tapped out. I think, like, I think he's got a ton of development left. Um, I think that's what's so cool about him is you've already seen him do a lot of good things. I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. I think he's just, just getting started. So as um, understanding that you don't have in, you know, keen insights into what Washington does on defense specifically, if you were their defensive coordinator, what would you have him do? What would you have him focus on? Uh, what would be his primary assignment for the most part in the game? What would he do? He would he be your, your will, your Mike, your Sam? Uh, yeah, that's would you a good work question. That? Yeah, that's a good question. So another four, three team there. The, the nice thing is his physical traits, his athletic ability, and the way he plays, I think he can play all three. Like, so we're a three-four team here, and he played inside linebacker primarily. But in the 2019 year, we were deep at inside linebacker, and we came really close. We actually even talked to him about doing this at one point. We almost moved him to our field outside linebacker to to make to find a way to get our best people on the field more. Um, and so. He, he's got the physical tools, I think, to play just about any linebacker spot. Um, the biggest thing I'd say is, you know, whatever your best guys are in the room, put him where your 
weakest spot is and and let him roll because he can make plays from any of those spots. So I, I, I'd say, you know, embrace whatever your strengths are and let him go play the other spot. He'll learn whatever and do great. And I think he's got the physical traits to do it all. It's just a matter of getting getting his cleats to the ground, him learning the defense and and really getting settled as a, as a home position there when he gets there. And did you sign off on him wearing your number or did he just take it? You know what? That's a great question. When we, the guys come over to the house all the time and Jamin actually came to my house this past Christmas, they do holidays with us, like they're family, you know? And, and so in college football, these guys don't get paid like they do at that level. So like, it's my, my job if it's a holiday. They come eat at our house. They, we cook out all summer. They're a house a lot. And so they're like another son. And, uh, I, in my office at home, I've got my Jersey here framed behind my desk. And before this year, I used to always take him in there and remind him that I was the real 44. I, I don't really want to have him come over and show him that jersey anymore because I think we all know who the real 44 is now. Uh, it's well, not he's me. in D.C. now, and he's, he's got to deal with John Riggins' legacy. So yeah, who the real 44 exactly. is in D.C. Well, well, luckily, he changed his number to – I think he's wearing 52. 52, yeah. Yeah, so luckily, he's not going to wear 44 because Riggins would be – that would be lofty shoes to fill. Yeah, I think you can take Neil Okowitz or uh, Rocky McIntosh out of the picture. So be good. <laughs> yeah, but better chance to, to outshine that, those numbers than, uh, than Riggins, for sure. Hey, last thing, um, and again, we appreciate your time. Talk about him as a leader on the field, if you will. You know, it's, it, it, Jamin's um, very selfless. He, he's a promoter of his teammates. And, and it's not about him. He's a team guy. I think a lot of that comes from his parents. You know, he's got a military background. Both parents are in the military. So I think he, he, it's, he's not a guy that wants the attention. Um, but having said that, he's also a guy who's very confident in who he is. He has no problem speaking up. Um, it, I think on the field, really the back half of the 2019 year and all of this 2020 year, He's, he's really grown from being vocal and being more confident in that area. But he, he's, he's as hard of a worker as I've ever been around. I mean, the guy, you know, he, he works tremendously hard on his, on his body. I mean, he, he loves the weight room. He practices extremely hard every day. I mean, he's going to work to learn mentally what he needs to learn to be a productive player. So I think he's going to lead in how he does things. I think as he does that, he'll find – um, find his voice even more and more. He's not going to, he's going to come in and be humble and respectful, but he's also going to come in and be ready to work and, and have high expectations for what he's going to do. So he's, he's not a cocky guy. He's a confident guy, but, but he's very humble and, and, and is a worker. So his teammates will respect, him. you know, he's the kind of guy that, like I said, I never once in two years had asked him to practice harder. So his teammates will respect him for that because he's, He's as hard of a worker as you're going to find. We appreciate that. And we look forward to Jamin and uh, the other linebackers, you guys coming out of Kentucky in the near future. So thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. We got some coming. So keep your eyes open and good Absolutely. luck. Good luck to y'all. And we're excited to watch Jamin there in Washington. Absolutely. Thank you again, coach. Thank y'all.